Yo, 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 welcome to episode number nine of the Basketball Card Podcast. I am your host, The 27 Guy, and thank you for listening to this episode. Um, I want to thank all of you who have listened this last couple of weeks. Um, Seriously, I've been blown away at what's happened the last couple of weeks. Um, We went from just a couple people listening to like having a decent listenership um, over the last two weeks, so... Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Thank you especially for those of you who texted, who liked the podcast, who subscribed, who sent me messages, sort of encouraging messages, either via email or via blowout um, PMs. Really appreciate the kind words. Also really appreciate those of you who kind of gave encouraging sort of thoughts and ideas and, and things that we could do with the podcast. Very, very cool. Very, very awesome. I know I've said that a lot lately. Um, over the last couple, but especially this last two weeks has really blown me away. So thank you. Um, Before I forget, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Um, The way to do that is very easy. Get on your phone, find your podcast icon um, or app, uh, click on that, type in basketball card, and as soon as you type in card, uh, it'll autofill podcast for you. You'll see the awesome artwork provided by I Am Bizzle, and go ahead and subscribe to that. Also, remember, at The27Guy on Twitter. Seriously, just go do that now. Um, that way, if, uh, if I ever miss a podcast or if I ever drop anything else that's new, you'll just you'll, you'll show up on your Twitter. Um, I almost canceled today because my voice is, my throat's been killing me lately uh, this last couple of days, so... Um, been kind of under the weather. Uh, if you can tell, my voice is a little bit, a little bit deeper than usual. Um, so, if you can follow me on Twitter, that'd be great. I just realized as I'm sitting here right now, I'm looking, I'm sitting at my card table, and I just realized that I forgot to send one of I am Bizzle's cards to him, a CJ Miles SP authentic autograph. I am a bad, bad guy. I'm sorry, dude. I'll I'll fix that sometime in the future. Hopefully, that's not a huge killer. And Steve-O, I still owe you your stuff. Um, I need to keep today's episode short for a couple reasons. One is because of my voice. I need to be able to keep it semi-fresh for work. And then the other reason is I need to go watch my Jazz lose to the Cavs. Uh, they're up by four at halftime after my 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 guy Rodney Hood blew it up in the first half with 17 points, going against LeBron and the Cavs. I don't have a lot of faith uh, right now. Hayward, uh, Gordon Hayward's out, and if you follow the Jazz all year, you know he's been our best player. He's been amazing this year, and uh, very deserving of more attention. Um, had an aw- has had an awesome season. Another sort of 19.5 rebound, four assist season, leading the team well, being a better shooter. Uh, but he's out tonight um, with plantar fasciitis. And Rodney Hood's blowing it up, so that's my guy. He's also hurting, so hopefully, hopefully the Jazz can get the win. But I don't have a whole lot of, um, I don't have a whole lot of faith in that at this point. So let's get to the show. Um, this is the uh, Mailbag Podcast, and um, kind of surprisingly, we've had, I've had no less than, seriously, probably. I mean, it's not a huge number. We're probably between ten and fifteen. People who have written with either ideas for the show and um, things that, that that we can things that we can do better and thing then like questions sort of mailbag sort of questions. So um, 
first thing that I've gotten more messages on than anything else. I was really surprised. Uh, last last week, I uh, the artwork that I included on, or the cover photo. <coughs> excuse me, the cover photo that I included on the podcast was uh, Steph Curry Topps rookie card. And I wrote and I um, mentioned in the podcast that I, I felt that that card was being manipulated. And I still do. Um, and got got some negative words on that. But but that is, you know, it is what it is. If I owned a bunch of them and somebody was out there saying that it was manipulated, I, I can kind of see why people would get upset, why, why I'd be upset at that. Um, but I, I kind of like to call them as I see them. Um, sometimes, I mean, I've owned, I've owned stuff as well that's been manipulated and I've certainly given room for that in my, in my arguments as well. So, um, but in this case, I think it's pretty clear that what's going on with that Steph Topps rookie isn't something that is going to be able to continue. Um, and I know that if you're a fan of his or of that specific card, it's, it's something that you probably want to doubt and say, no, I think you're wrong, Adam. I think think this is this is a great card and here are the reasons why and that's totally cool you're welcome to do that this is just my opinion so um let's back up right now on ebay last i saw steph tops rookies were selling on average between three and four hundred bucks a piece there was a thread about them reaching six hundred dollars and blah 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 for the most part they've maintained around three to four hundred dollars you know some have gone some have been higher some have been lower and that's a ton of money for a, for a base tops rookie. There's other base uh, Panini rookies out there of Curry that you can find for a fraction of the price for double digits. Um, and and so and and it's very strange that even amongst the tops rookies that there's just huge swings in in sort of closing prices. Um, and then the question, of course, comes: well, Why why would it be the tops rookie? Why would that be doing what it what it's doing? And just to recap a little bit about what we talked about last week, it is unique in a lot of ways. And the main way, I think, and this is this is to a credit to those of you who sort of hoarded these, um, something that I should have considered but I didn't. The fact that it's Topps is last year and it was a lot, um, it was a, it was a product that was um, that was a lot more scarce when created. There were a lot fewer boxes of it made. Now there were still a ton made, like thousands and thousands of, of boxes were made. Uh, it's not like we're talking about a uh, flawless, exquisite eminence sort of product here. We're, we're talking about a very mass-produced product. Um, you only got a few chromes a box, and the Steph Curry chrome is numbered to $9.99. So there's thousands and thousands of this card. It, as we've talked about it on Blowout, there's definitely, there's well over 10,000. I think there's probably between twenty-five and 35,000. Um I, I'm pretty confident there's over 20. I don't think there's more than about 40, 45, but but that's just tens of thousands of cards, and they're selling right now. It, it appears real money selling for 300 to 350 dollars. A few things go to my go through my mind when I see this. The first thing that goes through my mind is that um, about five or six years ago, uh, maybe longer ago than that, I was working at House of Cards in Salt Lake. So it's probably been maybe more like seven years ago. There was a baseball product that came out, um, obviously different sport baseball, uh, that came out with a card of Derek Jeter, I believe it was. And in the background of the card, there was um, a picture of Mickey Mantle, uh, like a 
a photo of Mickey Mantle, and then I think a photo of George Bush. Might have been Obama. I should definitely remember. Obviously, two very different people. But um, the the card, you know, there was some backstory to it. That there was this photo. There was this guy who was kind of photoshopping the card and whatever. And somehow the card got into the product and it shouldn't have. And yada yada yada. Anyway, the card exploded. The, the, you were getting this card in every box, and yet the single card was selling for more than the box price was. For more than a day or two, for, for like for like close to a week, maybe even two weeks, the card went crazy. I think it topped out at around three or four hundred dollars, and this was for a base top Derek Jeter card. Well, I remember we had a guy in the shop, and the guy was like, "This is the easiest money I've ever seen. Give me all six of those boxes." And he opened all six of them, and he got I think seven or eight Derek Jeter cards, and he felt happy. And he thought, "Well, this is easy money. Why wouldn't you open these?" And I explained to him that the very basic laws of supply and demand in the market don't allow a card to stay at a certain price forever in some instances because frankly you'd bankrupt the hobby at some point there's not enough money to go around there's not enough money to purchase all of those cards at that price in the hobby period and at some point when you're talking about potentially 40,000 cards at 300 bucks a pop that's i mean what is that 120 one point isn't that it's not like 12 million dollars i mean i'm i'm an accountant i should be able to figure that out in my mind i think that's 12 million dollars for Steph Curry's rookie's top Steph Curry's tops rookie that's a huge market cap that's more i mean that's that doesn't make sense it doesn't it, that's not reality, um, but but people but people are think it think it is, and some people are willing to stand by it and say, you know, it's rare. It's the last year of tops. People don't want to buy Panini stuff. I get all that. There's people who really don't buy Panini. I know that's real. Um, but but why isn't the upper deck Steph Curry rookie kind of going up in the same way? You know why um, why is that a three hundred to four hundred dollar card? I really don't think it is. I, I really think that those of you who are out there who are buying that card at that price, power to you. I hope you do well, and I mean that. I'm not just saying it. I, I hope you do well. I think that's a really poor decision. I think that's an extremely poor financial decision, and I've been wrong many times before, and I'm not giving you advice that, you, you know, that I guarantee that if you follow, you'll make money, but I don't see that that price is sustainable. And um, the other thing that kind of comes to mind after the Derek Jeter card is, I posted this on Blot today, I just kind of asked the question, what, what other cards are there in the modern age, you know, it's basically since the Jordan rookie, what other cards are there in basketball that there have been that many of, of the card made, and they've been worth even over $100? And the only one that I can think of that's, that's sort of in the same sort that I that I can even think of is in the same class is the uh, Kobe Bryant Topps Chrome rookie. And that's that's his very best base rookie card. I think there are as as we we try to calculate it today, I think there's closer to about 20,000. So I think there's I think there's less Kobe Chrome rookies than there are Steph Topps rookies. I, I feel reasonably comfortable saying that. Um, maybe about half as much. Maybe maybe sixty percent, but I, I think there's fewer Kobe's 
and it and Kobe's tops Chrome rookie sells for about three hundred dollars. And as you know, if it's in great shape, it can sell for for more than that. And if it's in you know marginal shape, then it then it can sell for a lot less. But the point is that the only sort of comparison that I can make price wise at all, anything that it's the only card that I can think of that's over a hundred dollars, is the best base rookie card of the very best of one of the very best players that it, that has come out since 1984 or since 1986 when the Jordan rookie came out and this card for for Steph isn't his best rookie card people always collect the best um so i just i don't know if there's any other evidence that i can give you if it was his only rookie card i can i would completely buy it um, as, as that would be a legitimate price. In fact, I would think it, it still has some room to go, to grow, but I, I just think, I think that it's too bad that you've got people maybe jumping into the hobby who, who are thinking, Hey, this is something that has the chance to really go up. This guy could be an all time great. And I think what's going to happen is even if he ends up being better than even all of us imagine, I don't see how that price is sustainable. I think the price is sustainable more on the high end stuff and more actually, I think the the chrome and the chrome refractor and the gold refractor and and just basically anything except for these really base sort of rookie cards. Uh, I, I I I think I think anything else could could have the potential to really go up at this point, but I I just think they're too high. So th those are my thoughts. That's some more of my rationale. Um, I that's that's it. That's all. That's all I've got for you on that. Okay. Um, the other thing that I had, I think three different people mentioned to me, uh, the conversational pieces are coming. Yes. Um, I do all, I do agree with a few of you who kind of said, you know, this is something that I think has a, a great sort of potential. I agree to, and that's actually why I started the podcast. I wanted to, you know, if, if you listen to the first one, the second one and listen through till today, hopefully you notice that it's a little bit more organized and it's, um, it's more directed and I kind of know where I'm going and what I want to do with it. I wanted to get it to the right place first before we started having the conversational pieces. I want to make sure I f work out the, um, the software. I want to work out everything and test it all and make sure that it works good. I want to be able to, um, do some really cool things. I want to be able to talk to collectors, my buddies, uh, that are, that are in the basketball card game, um, the high end guys, the people from the boards who you from the blowout uh, from the blowout cards boards that you see all the time. Some of the really funny guys and some of the guys that have done really cool things. Um, I want to tell you know I want to talk about cool stories. I traded my Wilt Chamberlain autographed rookie card a couple of months ago to a guy who frankly needed it more than I than I did and and basically talked me into trading it to him. And he's doing a really interesting project, and I want to share that with you guys. Um, if, traded other big time cards and I, I would love to love to sort of do conversational pieces on those. Um, I'd, I'd love to um, actually know a, a guy who audited um, Collector's Universe. I don't believe that he would be able to do a, a public podcast on it, but I'd like to talk to him and see if he would be up for that. If he is, then then that would be cool. Um, I'd love to talk with representatives from from Beckett, uh, specifically the grading um I'd love to be able to talk to them about some of the hard things that have happened over the course of the last couple of years and, and some of the sort of misses 
um, that, that we've had and as well as kind of where the future where the future is. There have been some black marks here and there, and I think it's better for, for everybody involved to kind of acknowledge some of those and talk about how we can get better and how, how they can get better. You know, certainly Beckett, Panini, Upper Deck, all the big players in the game have made mistakes, and I don't think there's anything wrong with sort of acknowledging those and, and having somebody who's able to identify them and, and talk to them about it, and I hope that's where I can come in. Um, I want to be able to talk to some of the breakers. I've actually talked to a couple of them who would who would both be willing to get on the, the pod, jump on the podcast with me. I want to talk to them about what that's like, what what they see as the greatest benefit of, of it, and things like that. Um, in short, you know, I, I, I took a long time to say that, but in short, I think the potential is really awesome. And so, thank you for those of you who've kind of uh, who've said, yeah, I want I want to be able to. To, to hear more, to hear the conversational pieces, that really is on the radar. It's actually the reason I wanted to do the podcast, and it'll happen. And I think it's going to be, like, really, really awesome. At least I think it will be, and I think it'll be cool to talk to people. That's that's what I like about the hobby. Um, I just need to get around to doing it. And, yeah, I've, I've actually got, I've got about 15 people lined up at this point who I've talked to who've confirmed that they'd like to do it. Um, it's my busy season, and I haven't had a whole lot of time um, to, to, to get around to that though. So I will get to it. Uh, also my PWCC cards that PWCC is the consigner they're listing or they're ending tomorrow and the day after that. And then at some point after that, I'll get paid for the cards and then I'll do that, um, podcast comparing PWCC and Probstein. Listen to that. I think the information that I have for you guys on that will be really cool. Okay. I want to get to a couple of questions that I got a couple of the mail, a couple direct questions as far as mailbag stuff goes so first one was via the blog a guy by the name of cprog cprog asked the question do you insure your cards <coughs> excuse me he says been thinking about adding a rider to cover mine um as far as like insuring in the mail um yeah you have to definitely have to insure your high-end stuff um if you're dealing with somebody who you really really know who you really really trust then maybe it's a little bit of a different situation. Um, some people would just kill me for saying that, uh, but I think it just depends. I really do think it just depends. Um, insuring your insuring cards in your home or your in, in your apartment, I would look into your insurance policies and see what is covered. I would definitely definitely suggest investing in some sort of protective, um, some something like a safe. Um, something that's heavy, bolted down, people can't walk away with, um, or at the very least spreading your cards out over multiple sort of locations just in case there was a flood or somebody was to, or a fire or somebody was to break into your home. I never have all my big money stuff in the same place at the same time. Would never make sense any, any sense to do that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Like I said, I haven't been feeling uh, so great. Next question, what's the reaction of the wife, spouse, family? When they see my cards, he says, it's always, how much are they worth? I tend not to answer because they don't value them the way that, that I do. Yeah, um, my hobby, I'll, I'll, t I'll talk more about this as the, as the podcast goes on. The sports cards for me have, have, been, uh, have been a huge financial boon. Um, I, not in terms of like, like making my living or anything, but I was able to pay for um, a good percentage of my undergrad and master's degrees, um, good portion of my uh, LDS or Mormon mission um, was able to pay for um, part of my house <clears throat> my wife's car and so uh, you know 
cards have been cards for a lot of people I think are, are money and that is a big piece of it to me too um, but uh, but for the most part you know like I like I've told you guys I'm a collector who's always trying to trade up and to, to get different things that I want um, you guys all know about my eminence project that I'm doing right now making the best case that I can um, and so you know that's that's how I collect uh, everyone's different <coughs> excuse me, in those terms, and so that's been that, that reaction. He asks, how do you uh, deal with shifting focus? He says he's changed uh, from looking at rookies of the greats uh, to having to have everything from exquisite and then group breaks in the last three months. You know, I think you can do a lot of different things. It depends on what, how much time's on your hands. I would recommend really, though, being willing to invest some real time in a, into a great project. The best, one of the best products projects I ever did was I did the NBA's Greatest 50 Autograph Set. And that's not anything really amazing, but it's, uh, but it's high enough and, uh, and, and sort of specific enough that I was willing to really take my time with it. I ended up getting something like 43 of the 50 before I bought my, bought my house, and I needed to put a down payment down, and so I sold everything that I, I had on eBay a few years back. Um, but uh, that's, you know, that's one great thing that I did. I, I think I think that you do need to have a focus, and you do need to have a goal and something that you're working on, and whatever that is, whatever that may be, you know, just try to stay on that for for a time. Um, but pick something that you like. Don't pick something that somebody else tells you to do. There's a lot of hype out there. The best advice I could give anyone is collect what you like. Um, don't overspend. Collect what you like, and that's it. Um, and group breaks are awesome, by the way. Group breaks are so freaking cool. I love group breaks. Um, don't spend more than you're willing to lose. It's fine, but, but have fun with it, and you know, go out there and take a chance to get a huge card. And then Shindo's questions. Shindo asked the following. He said, um, he says, um, rookies. Uh, Rookie followings outside exquisite and national treasures, have they? Um, he says, "Will will we see these trends continue with Prism, or the days of the non-number base true rookie card a thing of the past?" And so I think what he's saying here is, 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 is exquisite and national treasures the only thing that matters, or what about some of these lower end cards, the non-numbered base rookies? Is that is that a thing of the past? I think that 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 day is definitely not done. Um, a couple of my big wins in the last few years were in 2013, I bought 53 Kyrie Irving Prism rookies um, for between 4 and $6 a piece. And then when they reached 25 I unloaded all of them and felt really good about that, obviously, because I made, you know, I made close to $1,000 doing that. Um, that sort of stuff happens basically every year at this point. Uh, you just have to find, figure out which is the right brand. The year after that, I did the exact same thing with Anthony Davis as well as some of the other Davis stuff. And I haven't hit on everything, by the way. I'm, I'm just basically telling you the ones that I've won on. But some of them s seem pretty clear as they're happening. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you follow, if you're, if you're patient and you wait for some of those opportunities, uh, they, they can work out for you. It's a little bit hard when it comes to shipping and handling, though, because if you're, if you're, 
buying a card for 10 and then you've got to ship it out and it costs you three and somebody pays you 15 total, your margin's pretty low there. And so, again, I know it's not all about money, but clearly there's a market. You know, we spent the first half of this podcast talking about the Steph Curry tops rookie. And now I'm talking about Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving prism rookies. They're out there. You have to find a brand that people really love. That first year prism people really loved from the moment it came out. It was a winner from the moment it came out. I, I saw a box of it open and I thought that's beautiful. I love that set. And there were a lot of people. I know there's people who are listening to the podcast right now who thought, I want to put together that set. And so they did it. And it was a cool set to do. Not worth a ton of money. But now you look back a few years and suddenly you've got a set there that had base cards of obviously LeBron James and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. And if you put together the USA set too, you got some of those same guys in the USA set. You also got rookies of Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard and Clay Thompson. And the list goes on and on of those great rookies for those two years. And that is a really cool set. And a few years from now, if there's another Steph Curry sort of moment with a guy from that set, say Kawhi Leonard, then great. You've got it there in your set. You've got a you know nice, I think it was a 300-card beautiful set. Awesome. Totally awesome. Um, I don't think they're a thing of the past. I think that they'll continue to, to do well. Um, and, uh, and somebody wrote on Blowout, they, they put it very nicely, but they said that I might be so laser-focused on the high end that I, I don't really think about some of those lower-end things. There's, there's certainly value there. And just because it's not my deal doesn't mean that it's not cool. The thing that I always say about this hobby is whether you've got a dollar to spend a week or 50 grand to spend a week, this hobby will allow you to make use of that and get something with it that, that you can find meaningful. And really that's kind of, um, that's the last point, sort of point that I wanted to make in, in this podcast was, um, you know, as we talk about, as we talk about the different things that we talk about on this podcast, I want you guys to know that the purpose that I have and the reason that I have for doing it is, um, is that I love the hobby and I want for the hobby to grow. I want for, I want for, uh, people who aren't involved in it to be able to get involved in it. And, um, I want for people to stay involved in it. I'd love for kids to be involved in it. I wish that there were kids back in 2009 that were buying tops packs and that put together a couple of sets of tops and that were able to unload their Steph Curry rookies now for 300 bucks a piece. And maybe some of them even pulled tops Chrome rookies, but nobody's opening. No, none of the kids are opening packs. I shouldn't say none. There's very few. I'd like for the hobby to grow. I think it's as cool as it's ever been. I think it, it provides us with an opportunity to monetize the sports that we watch in a way that's different than gambling, in a way where you can own a piece of the game, you can own a player's jersey or signature these days for not a lot of money. Even the most expensive players in the world, there's still Steph Curry autographs out there that are 100 bucks, right? There's Steph Curry jersey cards out there that are under 50 bucks. There's... Michael Jordan jersey cards out there for 50 bucks. Michael Jordan autographs out there for 250 bucks. You can get anything if you're willing to spend a, spend a little bit of money and save a little bit. Even those people who really have very little, they're able to find some money to be able to, to get the sort of uh, base, base sort of cards and even some, some regular jersey cards. Um, I had, I've had people who have sent my, my kid cards um, a great uh, member on Blowout called uh, Cervantes uh, sent me some some stuff for my kid this week, and that sort of stuff is awesome. It's what makes this hobby great, and so I hope we can build the hobby. I hope that we can create more sort of dialogue 
I'd love to be able to provide, like I said earlier in the show, a place for some people in the hobby that are bigger names to be able to come and say, look, this is how I feel about what's going on and talk about the things that are important rather than brushing some stuff underneath the rug. You know, and as you guys have questions, sort of specific questions for those guys, I'd love to be able to provide a forum where we can ask those things. Um, Frankly, they need to be able to answer those questions. They do. And I'm a big proponent of all of them. I'm a big fan of Beckett. I'm a big fan of Panini. I'm a big fan of Upper Deck. But those entities need to be able to answer certain questions. And um, and at some point, maybe we'll have the opportunity to be able to ask those. I hope that we will be able to. I hope that, you know, as we continue to build the show and to make it what it can be, that, uh, that, we'll, that we'll do a good job. I, ho- I appreciate your guys' support. If you've listened to the end of this, I think this is the longest one we've done yet. I'm sorry, went longer than I wanted to, but um, I really do appreciate your guys' support. Like I said, follow me at the 27 guy. Uh, keep doing your best with the with with your collecting. Let me know if you have any other questions. Please send me messages if there's anything you want me to be able to if you want me to talk about. And again, happy collecting.